0: To the new Indian. This is a special conversation on the recent visit of the Prime Minister of India to the United States. We will be talking to Dr. Vijay an uh, NRI based in the US, who also has 40 years of experience in the nuclear industry. He is a policy analyst and a commentator. Welcome to the new Indian, Dr. Sazabal.
1: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I would really like to know, how is the NRI community in the U.S. viewing Prime Minister Modi's recent visit to Washington, D.C. and New York? The kind of treatment he received, the kind of red carpet welcome uh, the Democrats in uh, the Capitol Hill gave to Prime Minister Modi. What does that indicate, and how is the NRI community viewing it?
1: Well, you know, this is a, a, a question with you know which has a multidimensional answer. But if you look at the community at large uh, in general, uh, I mean, everybody is pleased with it. Uh, I, I I didn't see anybody actually uh, being upset about it. In fact, uh, most are, our you know I would say proudly. Affiliating uh, with the fact that this is new India and is a Prime Minister which has brought a certain identity to India and its stature in the world, and I think uh, I heard somebody else say very interestingly that, and which I agree with, which is, well, there was always space in in the U.S. for the the creamy layer, the one that is basically heading Google's and 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 Silicon Valley and 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 uh, Microsoft and like. Uh, uh, but uh, th- th- his visits, the visits of the Prime Minister Modi, actually bring pride and importance to also the other Indian Americans who now feel there's a space for Indian Americans as a whole to be identified as a as a community with with uh, with a, with a, you know with a respectable standing uh, internationally. So uh, the the uh, by and large the Indian American diaspora is 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 you know is very happy. Uh, feels, uh, in a sense, empowered uh, to do bigger and better things in their new country, which is the United States. So uh, I I would imagine there will be a lot more uh, people now going for public offices, even more than what they have in the past. Uh, More people going for more visible jobs in, in, uh, in journalism and things like that. I think India has a new recognition in this country. Uh, much better and much superior and, and, and more respectable than it ever has had in the past.
0: What is the reason for this uh, new recognition where Indians are feeling that they really have now got the space that they deserve? What has changed? And also, uh, is it a big deal that the Democrats are giving so much space to uh, to the prime minister whom they were vilifying for such a long time, whom they were lashing out at every platform. What is the significance of so much attention and the space that has been created?
1: There is a there is a historical. I mean, I have to go beyond what you asked in the question because uh, I think you, as well as your uh, uh, listeners, deserve to know the evolution of this relationship. Uh, the that is very important because the relation actually did. Uh, took a took a different paradigm shift in in uh, in uh, when President Clinton came was a Democrat came into power, and 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 his Commerce Secretary Ron Brown actually identified India as a country for the for the future, but their vision was really limited, which turned out to be what I will call the mango diplomacy. So that was a that was a period of mango diplomacy, and I think it would have stayed in that kind of a benign. Low-level, you know, high-interest country of uh, uh, you know of some stature, but not of a great stature. Uh, I think that was a democratic vision. The change that took place, quite honestly, you mark the date. The change that took place was eleventh May, nineteen ninety-eight. That is when Pokhran two tests were done. Now, at that time, again, uh, uh, you know, the the uh, uh, Secretary of State. Uh, uh, Albright, uh, Madeline Albright, actually came out with a very controversial statement where she denounced India and, as well as said, India has dug its own grave. You know, again, forgetting the the the, the religious sentiments, uh, such a such a such a thing would imply in a country like India, which was again their lack of their knowledge. Uh, but what that what that did actually was that triggered the discussion that took place. Uh, between uh, uh, Jaswant Singh, the, final, the, the foreign minister at that time in watched by government, and uh, the deputy uh, US Secretary of State, Stroke Talbot. Now that actually ended up to be 14 meetings that started in June of 1990, so within a month, as much as outwardly Americans were upset, the fact was immediately they recognized India as a nuclear power and they said, well, bu- things cannot go business as usual with with, with, with India. So they started engaging India to understand what their what India was trying to do and what their plans were, what was their future, what they saw it. And and India, of course, in in those discussions, came to understand and uh, understand what the American system works. So those meetings were very, very important, the ones with Justin Singh and and Stroke Talbot. But the bottom, and again, they are in the democratic administration. But the bottom line was what, what Democrats said is. There is no way we can have a good relation with India because this all-encompassing non-proliferation act absolutely inhibits any kind of a relationship with India. And so just one thinks that quite nicely, then why don't you, you know get rid of it if you are you know? And he said, "Well, I can't. And we can't. No democratic president will ever sign on a piece of paper uh, such a disqualification or such a removal if, as long as India does not sign the NPT well that's one thing said india is not going to sign npt and so he said well india we are not going to have any better relationship than a than a mango diplomacy that we have already on so it was understood at that time that that's where it is and then of course when bush came on and bush uh, especially with his uh, with his uh, with his ambassador to india robert blackwell they decided they knew that there was a there was a there was a restriction, all encompassing uh, uh, all encompassing uh, uh, gate which which had to be crossed over, and that gate was basically uh, the the nuclear uh, you know the the uh, having a nuclear nuclear deal, and it was very funny because on the other side on the Indian side, Mr. Manmohan Singh wasn't sure he wanted to have a deal because he thought he would never get it through Parliament. So, so it is actually the Bush administration. Robert Blackwell, um, you know, uh, Wright. Those are the people who are pushing because they're saying we want a better relationship with India, but we can't have it if we don't sign it. You guys got to understand this. This power, this deal cannot. Uh, India's U.S. relationship cannot go on, cannot f- prosper, cannot flower without that. Without that agreement. And so we had an unusual situation where, of course, Democrats fought it tooth and nail in the, in, the, in, the, in the Congress. They said, no, India has not signed NPT, it doesn't deserve any better. We are great, Indians are great, we are friendly people, but that's where it was going to be. So what you saw at the end was that gate opening up. And the gate had really nothing to do with the commerce in the reactors. And 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 Kandi Rice, who was a Secretary of State at that time, actually admitted that publicly in, in both in Congress as well as in private. It had more to do with sort of strategic strategic partnership with India, perhaps with an emphasis on defense. And and, and, and so, are,
0: so let me interrupt you here. So you were really saying that Democrats did not really recognize the importance of having a strategic partnership with India. But Republicans did.
1: Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that sentiment is still within the core of the system. It's like, it's like you know, it's like abortion, anti-abortion. It is it, what defines the Democratic Party is uh, is still the scar that India has been given this special favor without having signed the NPT. It has been given a de facto nuclear power status. That does that does not settle well with 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 democrats now they have to also grapple with the fact now we have a new 500 pound gorilla out there which is china and here's the irony if you look at the relationship today i would say what what we are dealing with today is really us china 2.0 plus yes. so you, you us india relationship really is us china uh, uh, 2.0 plus, and I say that because this is the, exactly the same system how U.S. operated then in in mid 70s, late 70s, early 80s, where they defined China as as being strategic partner because we were, were we were worried about Soviets and 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 everything that they're saying right now is exactly what they did then, and I'm saying only the plus part. The plus part is indeed true. The plus part is there's got much, lot more emphasis in this relationship on the, on the defense and security issues. And there was less on that in, 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 in with China, which had more to do with commercial and, and commerce and manufacturing. Uh, but the, 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 the accent of the relationship was was very similar. Uh, I mean, Clinton administration and followers, they all went into the world trade. I mean, they did everything possible to make China Ch- uh, Chinese life easier. Chinese stature in the world is because of the American help. And in a way you can see that's what they are doing here. And in a sense, quite frankly, uh, that is both a moment of happiness, but also a moment of apprehension.
0: If uh, Democrats did not understand the significance of strategic partnership with India, what has changed now that they think that India is significant and there has to be a strategic partnership? In fact, President Joe Biden on the day Uh, Prime Minister Modi was visiting Washington DC a day before Joe Biden called Xi Jinping a dictator. So uh, even as Antony Blinken had gone to Beijing to meet Xi Jinping, we have seen some confusing signals from the Joe Biden administration. On one hand, we saw like last one year, very aggressive posturing against China, very aggressive posturing over Taiwan, and also Tibet, all the issues, you know, that were in almost in the cold storage uh, were being raked up last one year. But now, just in the last one month, we are seeing Joe Biden administration mellowed. They are reaching out to Beijing. But just before Prime Minister Modi was visiting uh, and meeting Joe Biden, he called Xi Jinping a dictator as if it was a message to China.
1: Well, that, you know, that is, uh, those are the contradictions that exist in the Democratic Party. In a sense, they don't only apply to China, they also apply to to, to India. Um, so you will have different organs of the government saying different things and contrary things, which don't really all make uh, a sort of in a holistic manner make sense. They seem to be all pieces of the, you know, pieces that are flowing from different people. I mean, if you think about it, what uh, Tony Blinken said in in Beijing was that we accept that that uh, uh, Taiwan is not an independent country. Now you would think, having said that, that everything else should flow normally. In other words, you shouldn't be giving it a recognition of an independent state with a recognition of. So you know these are these are the contradictions in the U.S. policy. And 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 I. In general, contradictions are in both parties, but there's no question in my mind that Democratic Party has much more contradictions within it than Republican, because Republicans are pretty black and white in many things. as while, while Democrats tend to be all inclusive, and that doesn't sometimes work. You've got to have a, a certain position on certain things. Actually, when, worse from uh, uh, President Biden's point of view, he, he not only called them a dictator, but he said in a subsequent clarification, well, I can't think of them in any other way than what I said already to you guys. So he was basically reiterating that he really does believe uh, he's a dictator. So, you know, I, and I know, I'm sure Chinese understood exactly what uh, he, he said even in the follow on clarification. Uh, and and that's a, that's a, that, th- those are the things that they have to deal with. But uh, the, 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 there's a bigger problem uh, as such, uh, which I've explained to a lot of people. United States does have a problem on understanding how civilizational states, uh, you know what their psyche is, what their mental outlook is, how how they operate. and And one of the big things in 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 civilizational states is really not only is the depth of their history, which means for them the clock is not didn't start yesterday or a hundred years back or even a thousand years back, but more importantly, they are shaped by a certain certain dimensions. Where, 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 where self-esteem, where honor, where integrity, they have different meanings for those people than for in Americans in a traditional way. In, in America, by and large, everything is a transaction. Everything has a transactional value. That's why there are so many lawyers in this country all they all they are working twenty you know twenty four seven is finding a transactional value for something that has gone wrong. Uh, that's going to go wrong. Uh, that's not has not gone wrong. It's a very different culture. this
0: this, this, this inability to deal with civilizational states, this uh, this uh, obsession with having transactional relationships. Is this across the aisle? Is this true for both Republicans and Democrats?
1: Yes, that, that's an that's an American uh, that's an American feeling. Yes, that that's very true, that's very true. And and I think you know uh, the 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 uh, the thing the thing that I think uh, uh, Republicans put a greater emphasis on uh, national security, and that's why uh, you know they they have they have uh, uh, you know in this particular case they're very clear on how they how Chinese should operate. Uh, uh, but the but the but the uh, issue from the democratic side is still not very clear. I mean, there's already you know if you look at the domestic politics within the U.S., you'll see Republicans always charging that you know that the Biden inspiration has not been very very strong uh, against against China. They have not really done at the end of the day, you uh, know, a lot of uh, rethreading of the of the supply chain. Uh, quite honestly not many uh, uh, many companies have departed from uh, from I, I mean even in Trump's time he tried very hard to get those companies leave China but they they, they, they don't and of course Chinese are wooing American CEOs uh, you know uh, like like we would do to our in-laws so they are doing a really good job of that uh, 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 and there's not a really strong compulsion for the for them to do the only thing that um, most of these American companies are now doing is looking at you know plan B in case just in case things things worsen up uh, up with them to the same degree that, that has happened in Russia. So, uh, but there is not a desire to really leave china. and and I don't think I, I don't think policy, that's what's going on
0: hmm? So, as a policy analyst, if you were asked, what is the real status of u s China relationship and u s. India relationship given, the kind of U-turns Democratic uh, Party has made, the kind of U-turns Biden administration has made. What exactly is their view of China relationship versus U.S.-India relationship? What do they exactly do? Because because many people might think that this, uh, this grant Mr. Modi received uh, that uh, has now suddenly replaced China as the most strategic, uh, you know, important partner of the United States of America.
1: Well, you know, I, I think I think the uh, the uh, the Chinese American relationship is really not going to be substantially different than what it is today for at least another another two two dozen years or another two de- you know two decades, I, even if United States were to Walk away uh, in a sense from China. It can't be. They cannot distangle it themselves that easily. Uh, you know, uh, Chinese own probably more treasury notes than uh, U.S. treasury notes than even uh, you know U.S. holds right now. I mean, China is very intricately involved with the American economy. It can really uh, do a lot of things uh, that Americans will not like if it really wants to. Uh, and I think Americans understand that. So, uh, so the American politicians uh, basically have a challenge of how to kind of jiggle uh, those all those balls in the air and 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 quite frankly, media in this country is 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 very polarized. Uh, I mean media in the United States is much more polarized than in India, much, much more polarized than in India. and and so you really never hear uh, what's the what the true aspect or objective discussion is. There is no never an objective discussion about China uh, because it's one party versus the other party. that's how it works out. Now, in, with relationship to India, quite honestly, I think, you know, unsaid in, the, in that relationship are expectations. And, 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 and I think India has owned its own red lines, too. My, my own sense is, as long as the United States does not decide who should be India's friends or enemies, I think India can live up uh, with that kind of a relationship with the United States, which will be kind of always like a, you know, like a uh, sort of a, uh, tumultuous a uh, couple, uh, like a 12 just couple always having minor issues here and there, but go. But I think the red line will be for India when, if United States says, you better cut off the relationship with country X or Y or Z, because they are our enemies and should be your enemies, and, and you're not. And I think that will be a, a defining line for India. I think everything else, probably they will live with. Uh, there has been always in the past this feeling that somehow Indians were, you know, secretly or otherwise, uh, in the pockets of the Russians, I think they understand that 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 was a very immature uh, assessment, and you know there is not you know there is not a Russian spy at every place and every office and every corner uh, who is going to you know give every every bit of information to back to Russia in a matter of minutes. I think that ignorance is slowly slowly dissipating. I think they are understanding India is a country of uh, you know with the law and order with a with a very really strong and stable administration. Uh, networks uh, uh, that work very well, and so there's a lot of respect for India even between both parties. No question about it. But I think at the end of the day, uh, that will uh, you know the, how the relationship will actually endure is what are the expectations that the United States will place on India, and and whether India will meet or will not meet those expectations. Well, uh, if uh,
0: we just go by the optics of the recent visit of the prime minister. Uh, There was elation in India. There was, it seemed clearly elation in the Indian diaspora community in the US. But I would really like to know is how are Americans, whether Republicans, uh, well, Republicans, how are they viewing it? How did they view Prime Minister Modi's visit We know that Prime Minister Modi, uh, when Trump was the president, he uh, did have a great rapport with President Trump as well. How are these two different sets of people, as you rightly pointed out, there's a lot of polarization in the US, US media, and therefore your narrative within the US. What is the, uh, is there a difference of view uh, among these two sections of the US?
1: Well, you see, uh, one of the interesting things, uh, you know, your Biden administration is a very unique administration because, uh, quite honestly, um, he's not very much involved in day-to-day affairs uh, uh, of the country. But uh, but if I go specific to the uh, to the foreign policy, foreign policy is primarily in the hands of three people. One is one is one is the National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. Uh, The other one is is the uh, Secretary of State Tony Blinken and the third one is is the uh, head of the cia burns Brilliant. these are the three people that run the foreign policy now what is interesting in those three people is two of them are pro indian clearly uh, which is which is uh, uh, jake and tony so that makes this relationship strong because two out of the three third is not anti india he's just neutral and 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 so with these two strong people uh so in a sense, a lot of, the, lot of this relationship quite now, uh, honestly speaking, is invested in those two people from the U.S. side. And I, I would argue that if these two guys were not there, the nature of this relationship today, uh, the kind of treatment that Modi got, received, may have been a little different. I can't, I, I can't say, of course, we are only speculating. But I know these two people from the past, What they have, well, how they have felt about India. So I think a lot of this relationship is driven by rather those people uh, there as much as uh, by others. But then Congress took a long time to decide whether or not they were going to invite Modi again. And there was a lot of work actually done to uh, behind the scenes to actually convince Congress. Uh, because the idea is, uh, you know, one party may sign on, the other may not. And there was a feeling at that time again, uh, I'm not going to name which party didn't want to sign, but one party was not sure they will sign on so eventually that all that worked out and a lot of that effort actually goes to the credit of indian americans and both indian americans who were elected to the offices and indian americans who are who are basically behind some of the other uh, big strong people in the in the in the both democratic and republican party so as a result that thing came through uh, and 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 of course you know again you shouldn't read too much about that you know i'll tell you a nice history 19 19- uh, 61. 1961 was a great year when Mr. Kennedy was the president of this country, democratic president, wonderful, popular, very popular, high on democracies around the world, ends up inviting a very important person in July of 1961. He is a given a state visit. If you see the videos of that time, the guest, when he arrives in Washington, D.C., is almost treated like Caesar as he enters Rome. I mean, there are bugles, there are flags. I mean, I can send it to you because there, 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 that's the matter of record. And he is given an honor which very few have been given then, before then or that after, which is he's, he's, he's given an honor to stay at the Mount Vernon. The, the 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 home of George Washington. You know they usually put them next to White House. Uh, and of course, our, our prime minister stayed at uh, you know uh, the the hotel. But he's and you know who that gentleman was, <laughs> Pakistani president Mr. Khan and his daughter, Ayub Khan and his daughter were the state guests in 1961. So, Ayub
0: Khan
1: Muslim. yes, General Ayub Khan, again, why? Because remember, this is the time when, when, when Peshawar base is the most important base CIA had. It's running all kinds of programs over Soviet Union using the Peshawar air base with U2s and all that. Pakistan is a member of CENTO and SENTO. So all these things, you know, talk about applauses, how we, how we counted how many applauses we got. Walter, I'll give you only near recent more example. Juan Guaido. I don't know whether you know the gentleman. Juan Guaido was in a guest of. Uh, he is. He was de facto called the president in waiting for Venezuela. He received a standing ovation in the house. Today, nobody knows his name because we start, we decided to stick a deal with the with the Venezuelan government and 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 obtain the oil from them. And that that person just disappeared from the scene. He was challenging the uh, Maduro government in Venezuela. So what I'm saying is, and this this is very recent. So what I'm saying is, don't go too much, don't read too much into these things. This is all instrument of U.S. foreign policy. It's a matter of you know that's why I say, it's a matter of today and tomorrow for the for this country. They don't really they don't really look at the past and decide you know oh should we have done this thing or should, is it appropriate for it not to do it. These are very strong transactional relationships. India has a value right now for the U.S. perspective. And, 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 and quite honestly, we should capitalize in the sense that India needs to capitalize on it uh, as much as United States is capitalizing. So it has to be balanced relationship. And, 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 uh, but let's not get emotional about it, quite honestly, because these, these, in, these relationships are really dictated, uh, not by the, you know, you know, we as a civilizational state tend to think of them much broader than, than they should be. And, and the truth is this is a transactional relationship uh, we have we have a certain value for United States this time, and they have a certain value for India at this time. We do need that high technology and all that stuff, uh, so we need to we need to make a hay while the sun shines.
0: Well, uh, you're right uh, that uh, in fact Indians uh, did not uh, make much about it. In fact, Indians were fuming at President Barack Obama for, uh, you know, uh, talking about minorities in India and giving us sermons about how we should be treating minorities. And uh, finance minister, no less finance minister of India actually made an official rebuttal to his statement. So clearly India is not getting carried away. It's not getting emotionally uh, carried away by by the reception that that, uh, Modi was given. So I would like to understand that do Americans also uh, understand, or do Americans also think uh, what, pre- what President Obama basically um, uh, talked in that interview on uh, Amanpour's show? Do Americans, do average Americans also think like him the way he does about India, where he's expressing concern about minorities? Is that a general view? See, the,
1: the the problem is, uh, you know, there was a poll here conducted uh, a, a week or two weeks back. Uh, people were asked, uh, have you heard the name Modi? And it was like 35 percent or 40 percent or something like that, small number. Uh, the problem is there is not much news about India in general here. I mean, even uh, when Mr. Uh, Modi came here, uh, uh, you know, uh, th- there was very little reporting. And it was most of it was hidden somewhere else, except maybe on the day he spoke in Congress, he may have gotten a front page, but by, by and large, I remember when, when he arrived here, I was looking at BBC, they used to start, you know, every day you have international news, they didn't cover him at all. Uh, uh, so we, we, we so, so there's not much of a knowledge about what's, uh, what, um,
0: yeah. So, excuse me.
1: Excuse me. Um. So, uh, so we, uh, we, uh, uh, we, um, we, we, people here they really don't know much about it now if somebody were would, would ask you know this is what uh, mr obama said i'll tell you uh, the democrats will immediately uh, give him high credence and uh, credibility and uh, republicans will denounce him uh, even without hearing what he said you know they, so uh, the views in this country are very very uh, uh, you know um, sort of uh, polarized from the point of view of who is speaking and what is he saying so um uh, you know democrats still uh, by and large uh, do support uh, these all these organizations that have come out uh, about the about the issues dealing with uh, uh, the minorities and human rights in india and you see as a person who is intimately knowledgeable about the landscape in india That worries me. That doesn't worry me, uh, uh, you know, about India, because India will survive no matter what. But that worries me. What is the quality of the news about other countries that they give us here? What is the quality of the news about Russia they gave us? What is the quality of the news about South America, Brazil, about Africa? If that is the same quality of news that they give us about India, then you have to be afraid. You have to know that these guys aren't giving you the right news. They're giving you a perspective that they carry and they want to convince you that is what is the truth. And this is, a, this is something that people don't think about very hard here. Even Indian-American diaspora doesn't. They don't think about the fact that, hey, if they are saying news about India and you agree that news is not correct, how do you put a lot of assurance on the news that you are getting in this country, uh, supposedly uh, about other countries? And I question that, I question that all over all the time, that the quality of news in this country is so one dimensional, so much narrative follows essentially what the US government narrative is that you really don't know what the, what the truth is elsewhere. This is a big challenge for, for, for us living in America.
0: So basically you are saying that whether it's Obama or whether it's uh, Pramila Jaipal, Ilhan Omar, this whole uh, circle, of Democrats who basically have been vilifying Prime Minister Modi, have been vilifying India, have been constantly attacking India for uh, over Muslim minorities. They don't really, I mean, they don't really, this is not a view that is uh, that resonates with the majority in the US.
1: I agree. Uh, they, m- most don't really know because they, again, they will, if you're a Democrat, uh, most likely, you'll say, "Well, if they are saying it, then it must be true," mm.
0: uh,
1: because I said uh, public
0: would. General public wouldn't really
1: know. No, general public wouldn't because they would. They don't know much about what's going on there, and you know, they, 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 uh, you know, by and large, the Indi- uh, you know, in a sense, Indian American uh, diaspora actually is the single biggest spreader of the news about who the Indians are. I mean, we, you know everybody in this country democrat or republican will always tell you you know hey my neighbor is an indian american and he's a nice person he they are good people they don't they are not loud they're not they they believe in laws you know they don't cause any trouble in the neighborhood their children are excellent men i wish i had my kids going to harvard and and all these top schools that their kids go to so our image of india that the american traditional Americans talk about is really made by the Indians who live here in their midst. It's not made by the by the news that comes on the screen because the political operatives follow their party and party line, uh, but public at large, the whole core of independence that really defined this country, uh, they pretty much go by their firsthand experiences. And I can tell you universally, the firsthand experiences of anybody in any neighborhood in the United States, if they have seen an indian american family uh, they, they 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 really respect them beyond words because they they wish they had that sort of place. you know for example i'll tell you in my relation, in my family we had at one time because my both my father and my father-in-law were passed we we had both my mother and mother-in-law living with us for for nearly two decades i mean this was this was a mind blowing act for americans when they would know about that I have my mother and mother-in-law living in our own house, and I used to get so many calls saying, "Is it true that your mother and mother-in-law both live with you? With you, and it's peace in the in the in the house?" I mean, they they are very much very much aware that Indian Americans have a higher standard in terms of their you know their their ethics and morality and that like, and I think Americans really do appreciate uh, that aspect, and that's really what makes for them India a great country.
0: Well on that beautiful note, I will say thank you. Uh, it's been a very enlightening conversation. Thank you, Dr. Sir. Thank you.